you're always asking, what does your child say about that? Like, oh, yeah. Did I ask her what she thinks about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's such an obvious thing. You know, and, uh, it is. And, and yet we forget, yeah, well, this right? Is it. So, uh, I think it's good to have that practice and stuff. And uh, when you can... Yeah repeat some of those tools and stuff to different problems you start to in yourself start to recognize oh yes okay you, you know is is this something I have decided is important to me yes I do okay and this and have I truly asked her but have I totally explained to her what the issue is have you know and I can I can think about it more holistically Hi, I'm Jen and I host the Your Parenting Mojo podcast. We all want our children to lead fulfilling lives, but it can be so hard to keep up with the latest scientific research on child development and figure out whether and how to incorporate it into our own approach to parenting. Here at Your Parenting Mojo, I do the work for you by critically examining strategies and tools related to parenting and child development that are grounded in scientific research and principles of respectful parenting. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes are released and get a free guide called 13 Reasons Why Your Child Isn't Listening to You and What to Do About Each One, just head on over to yourparentingmojo.com forward slash subscribe. You can also continue the conversation about the show with other listeners in the free Your Parenting Mojo Facebook group. I do hope you'll join us. Welcome to the Your Parenting Mojo podcast. We're doing something a bit different on today's episode because I'm actually going to interview a listener, Catherine. Catherine is a Canadian living in London and she's married to an English husband and she has a daughter and a son and I connected with her to talk about the transformation that she's experienced in her parenting over the last six months or so. Catherine's family was doing pretty well, although she was having some challenges knowing how to parent her spirited daughter and having a very different approach to doing this than her British husband, who was raised in the traditional British way of not talking about feelings very much, which really contrasted pretty sharply with Catherine's belief that the children's experiences and emotions should be validated and supported. And these different approaches were causing some friction in her marriage, and she felt like she didn't really have the tools to articulate why this issue, and some others like it, were so important to her in a way that could invite her husband to share his perspective and feelings, so they could work together to find a path forward on parenting their children. Now, both Catherine and her husband feel more at ease in their family because they know the decisions they're making are based on their values and not just on knee-jerk reactions made in the moment when their daughter's clamoring to do something they don't really want her to do. And as a result, they've really come to embrace the joyful aspects of parenting. Before we hear from Catherine, I do have a question for you, and that is, are you truly enjoying your family right now? Yes, families have their ups and downs, and not every day is perfect, and neither will it be. But more often than not, do you feel confident about how the little decisions that you make every day as a parent are adding up to and leading toward a goal that you've thoughtfully and purposely established with your parenting partner, if you have one? If you do feel, feel these joyful moments in your family where you feel confidence and clarity and a sense of ease, but they're more few and far between than you would like, then this episode is going to have a lot of nuggets of wisdom for you. I should also explain that Catherine is a member of my Finding Your Parenting Mojo membership group, which is open to new members right now, but only until October 31st, 2019, which is coming up very soon. In the membership, we work on one topic each month, and the first three topics are set before we start. So in the first month, we focus entirely on reducing the incidence of tantrums. 
And then you get a little bit of breathing room to take a step back and look at setting goals in the second month. And these aren't just template goals that will tell you the right way to raise your child, but they're goals that you set based on your own values and priorities. And in the third month, we have a co-teacher, Dr. Laura Froyan, who literally wrote a doctoral thesis on how marriage and family relationships influence parenting and child development. And she helps us to move beyond the same old arguments about the same old topics that we have over and over again with our partners to a deeper understanding of each other's values. And then we can use those to figure out how to parent our children. After those first three months of core content, we choose topics by voting on them. So you actually get to help decide what you learn. I created the membership a year ago after I realized that while a lot of my listeners were on board with the ideas that you hear about on the show, some of you have a really hard time actually implementing them in your real lives with your real families, and you needed more support to do this. So that's what the membership's designed to do. So you can stop worrying about the stack of parenting books that you haven't read or even the ones that you have and have forgotten about and actually learn and practice these techniques with my support and the support of all the other parents in the group. I also wanted to let you know that I've been running a workshop called Tame Your Triggers since the beginning of October, which has been helping hundreds of parents to understand why their children's behavior triggers their frustration and anger and how to cope with this in a more productive way in the future. The workshop's already underway and it's too late to join now, but I'm actually hosting a free webinar on Wednesday, October 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific on the top five strategies to tame your triggers that will summarize what we learned over the month and give you some tools to overcome this challenge. There will be a replay available for 24 hours after the event, but I don't want to clutter up everyone's inbox, so I'm only going to send it to people who register. So if you can join us on Wednesday, October 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific, then that's great. But if you already know you're going to need to watch the replay, then go ahead and register anyway, and I'll send you that replay as soon as it's available. You can sign up at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash membership. And we'll have lots of time on the webinar to answer any questions that you might have about this topic. And you can send those to me in advance at jen at yourparentingmojo.com if you'll be watching the replay. Or you can just ask them on the webinar if you'll be there live. So if you'd like to either join the membership or sign up for that free top five strategies to tame your triggers webinar, just go to yourparentingmojo.com forward slash membership. All right, I think we're ready. Let's go ahead and meet Catherine. Hello and welcome, Catherine. Would you mind telling us a bit about yourself to start, please? Uh, yes, my name is Catherine. I have two kids. Um, my daughter is nearly six and my son is two and a half and we live with my husband in London. And um, I'm Canadian originally, but uh, relocated here about 10 years ago. And my husband is British. And so we've um, decided to stay here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where are you from in Canada? Uh, from, well, I've most of my time I've lived in Calgary, in Western Canada. Oh, okay. So not quite as cold in the UK as it is in Calgary. No, no. People complain about the weather here, but I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> not very much snow. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm guessing that there are probably some challenges involved in being a Canadian living in England. Yes, I suppose I, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting there to be much of a culture <laughs> shock, I suppose you think, uh, English-speaking Western country. But I suppose it's... It's not a black and white black and white differences, but just along a continuum, isn't it? I suppose, and mm -hmm. so um, just some of the things I suppose you initially notice just day to day in in some of the interactions, and then again when you have kids, um, you just pick up on things like the humor and the way people converse and things. Just what do you um, mean about the humor? <laughs> <laughs> 
I quite, I quite like the English humor. That did actually um, attract me to hear and stuff. But it, it's it's a lot more direct, isn't it? It I certainly is. Yes. And um, <laughs> uh, people are able to laugh at themselves. I think. Um, mm. So, but yeah, that's, it's just a little bit different. People don't always know how to take my husband I think when we come back to Canada sometimes yes <laughs> just, I've had that problem just because the humor has a slightly different yeah. tone to it what other differences have you noticed um I, I think related to that I, I suppose it's just um, a sense of formality a little bit um mm. like things like I think both countries are known for their politeness um but it's just interesting to me that it, it can look a little bit different in the different places. And I, I quite enjoyed your podcast where you mentioned about manners and like saying please. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I, I thought was quite funny because it just I had such a complex when I first arrived um, about saying please. Cause my husband would say, you haven't said please, you haven't said please. And, stuff. and you think it's implied. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a committed relationship, you, <laughs> right? Oh, I know. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that depth until I did that episode. The fact that you, you don't necessarily have to say it to somebody when you're in that committed relationship because it is implied by the fact that you're committed to them. <laughs> but still, it's nice to hear, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think sometimes too, for me, like it almost sounds like I expect that you will say yes if mm. I say please. Mm-hmm. So I, I prefer my roundabout way of just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I suppose it, just the subtleties like that. So do you do you see a really sort of solid desire in yourself and your husband to capture the best of both worlds as you're as you're parenting your children, or does one approach more predominate than the other? Yes, I th- I think for a lot of for a lot of the the smaller things you know like there's there's there are differences that you just notice you know for example like something as innocuous as the pronunciation for example you know it's just it, we we have different ways of of speaking and it's it's kind of fun sometimes to watch the things that they'll pick up from my husband or later from school and others that speak like that or things that they notice in school that she'll say my daughter will say yogurt and that sounds more like me and so uh, those kinds of things are funny. And then and then there are some things that uh, I suppose do require a lot more conversation around. Um, for example, I think uh, in the UK, there's a, a stronger value on like stoicism and emotional stability, I think. So, uh, so for me, um, just I don't know if that's Canadian or in general or if it's just my own experience and wanting to support emotional expression and emotional awareness and things like that then that can feel a bit alien for my husband I think because you know I spent all these years trying to achieve something different and trying not to um, displace certain emotions more openly and negative emotions more openly then I suppose it it can be a bit of a an alien concept and I think I'm trying to uh, change him into a Canadian (laughs) (laughs) but so it sounds as though that's really important to you I wonder if you can tell us about what are some of your really strongest beliefs and values both as an individual and also as a parent um so I I I have quite a a live and let live kind of philosophy I you know I am very interested in um, different perspectives on things and, and having respect for people who have different needs and different beliefs and interests and personalities and therefore for my children too 
um, expecting that, you know, they can grow up with not having all the same beliefs that I do or, you know, that, you know, seeing my children grow into two very different people with two very different personalities. And I believe that's part of the fun is kind of coming to learn who they are and how, how best to support them uniquely. Um, and, mm. and, and to me, that's very important. You know, that's a, a fundamental part of, of respecting your child, I suppose, is to allow them to be who, who they are and their best self, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how does that play out on kind of a daily basis for you? Most of what I've, I've tried to learn about in this journey is more, more around my daughter, I suppose, specifically, because she, she by temperament has, is one that's a lot more um, sensitive to her environment, I suppose. And um, it, it feels like has more specific needs, I suppose. And so it, it takes a, a lot more thought for me to try to understand um, what might be influencing her or if things aren't quite set up in the best possible way for her to, to, to be the least stressful or to make her be her best. Whereas with my son, you know, it's just a, a lot more straightforward and things fall into place. So so day to day, I suppose, I, I do try to expose myself to a, a lot of things um, to try to work on where our next step is with things we might be tackling with her. And then, then my, my son benefits <laughs> by, by mm-hmm. experience, I guess. Yeah. And so uh, for listeners who may be listening, thinking, Catherine's voice sounds awfully familiar. If, if you have listened to the Parenting Your Spirited Child episode, <laughs> Catherine was actually featured on that episode interviewing Dr. Mary Sheedy Kersinka about her spirited daughter. So uh, this has definitely been a journey for you, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. I think um, coming through a quite difficult time. Um, initially, just I suppose uh, the usual transition to having two kids at uh, it can be a bit of a bumpy ride, especially uh, when one child or when the older child is uh, adjusting to it all. But um, but yes, a, a journey for sure. I think we're we're well down that road now, which is which is lovely. Yeah, that's great. So, can you tell me how did you first find the Your Parenting Mojo podcast? Do you remember? Yes, it was actually quite funny because I, I I don't remember what page it was, but some page that I've liked on Facebook had just given a list of best podcasts to listen to. And oh. I had found it through there and quite taken to it. And it was funny on one of the interviews then that you had with Dr. Laura Froyan, um, which I really mm-hmm. loved and had looked her up subsequently. And I realized it was actually her that had authored that list. So I found uh-huh. you through her list and I found her through you. <laughs> so through me, wow. <laughs> that's a mutually beneficial relationship. <laughs> yeah, and then you actually got to interact with her because um, you're a member of the Finding Your Parenting Motor membership group and Dr. Froyan actually teaches the third month of the group on parenting as a team. So <laughs> I hadn't realized what, what a full circle that was. Yes, you complement each other very well. <laughs> nice so do you remember how you first learned about the membership group yes I think it was a podcast um initially I I think I've I've subscribed to everything there is to subscribe to so I've no doubt received the emails about it as well and then what made you even consider joining the group were you looking to solve a particular problem when you joined or was there something else I think it it wasn't a specific I, I suppose I've always I, I will always have that desire for self-improvement and um, just better understanding and looking, you know, I suppose there's new challenges all the time. And as, as my 
kids get older and it just um, I suppose I have an insatiable desire to to learn more about it and it it seemed like an opportunity to go uh, deeper into it and I suppose like so I do listen and read a lot um, of this kind of stuff but you kind of tend to think about it piecemeal I find or for me anyway that's my personality Mm. Um, so it kind of it, it appealed to me the idea to kind of sit down and focus on on one specific area at a time and do it in a bit of a more methodical way than might be my natural approach because I, I certainly benefit from it but I don't do that naturally. Okay and were there other particular areas that were attractive to you in terms of the focus of the group or the, the way it worked? I like the breadth that it t- and how it laid out the initial few months and and also that it included the component of parenting with a partner because I think that's an area that does get really neglected and so when you're looking at a lot of the peaceful parenting things if there's any mismatch at all it, it can create a little bit of anxiety thinking oh we're supposed to be doing this <laughs> and, uh, united uh, yeah, front right well, we're supposed to have the exact same approach to our children all the time exactly <laughs> it. so you know and you can't control your whole environment can you so i i, I think right that I like that more holistic picture that and not just that but I know from other work you've done as well to to look at the whole environment and what all the influences are and what the cultural influences are and stuff I really liked your approach is so thorough and um, Mm -hmm. and and it isn't often like that so it, it always feels like when you're going to implement things that there are areas you haven't accounted for so so that, that's something I've always really appreciated of of the the different courses and podcasts that I've I've listened to of yours. Mm, okay. And so as you were thinking about uh, joining the group, what what were you thinking? Um, were, did you ever doubt that you didn't need it? Or w- what were some of the reasons why you thought, eh, this might not be for me? Yeah, I mean, I, I had no doubt that I would enjoy participating in it. I, I suppose with any investment you know like I I have done a a previous course in a peaceful parenting kind of arena and you know all the audiobooks and things like that I suppose whenever it's a new investment you think about am I going overboard (laughs) because you know (laughs) I have invested other time and and money into other things but um but it's it it down when it came down to it it just seemed like a really good opportunity that I wanted to be a part of and uh, certainly haven't regretted. <laughs> mm. oh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I wonder if you ever thought, ah, oh, my situation is just so unique. You know, I'm a Canadian living in the UK. <laughs> there's nobody else in the group who's going to be exactly like me. There's there's no way that what they talk about could be relevant. Did that ever cross your mind? Um, the, the cultural part, no, only because I really, I love how you blend your British experience um, and the American experience and so and because you've experienced both sides of that and that is um, something I really like and I think that's quite unique um, but it, I suppose for me there, there's a there's always some things you think oh are there enough people with you know kids who are say like of my daughter's temperament for example like that like that's mm-hmm. one area that yep. When you're just talking to people, that can be difficult to relate sometimes. When when people haven't had um, those kinds of challenges, um, you know, that's one area that I wonder about or wondered about in this context. And how did you find that it has worked out for you? I think it's been great because um, 
I, I think, especially like if you do have um, a child where things are just not quite as straightforward, um, you always kind of feel like in the minority and then, but quite often when that's the case, you have parents who are quite motivated um, to look for ways to support them. And of course, in the group is no exception. You get um, other people too who, who have had similar challenges or not, the, maybe not the same, but you, you can recognize the pattern, you know, it's of how things um, just require a bit more thought. And it, it's been really, just really great to hear the different, perspectives and how people have approached different things and um mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of nice you know that you, you can have a mix of people who are at different stages you know so s some of the areas too i can recognize you know we're oh, okay we've been down that road before you know and i can i can look back on how far we've come in the last couple of years and it's it's nice to try to be at least a, a bit of a reassurance or a hope to other people of you know what, what there is to come and it's <laughs> it, it's nice to hear you know other people who you then might be further along in other respects it, it's it's a very supportive environment I think and people complement each other very well yeah yeah I agree there's some awesome awesome parents in the group and so uh, what about the cost did you ever think oh, the cost is is just too much for for what I'm signing up for and now you're in the group when you look back at it um how do you feel about the value that you get for I do think it's incredible value actually you know like when I first look at it you know if I try to compare it to like an audiobook then then you think oh that's a lot but the, it, of course it's so much more than that like when I compare it to a course or like anything like all the resources and the coaching and stuff that I've, then I mean it's phenomenal value you know it, it, it's apples and oranges really as well like just how much time obviously goes into preparing the guides and how tailored the questions are and just insightful and and the the group calls just just are fantastic because also it it draws from a pool of people who just are really good at asking questions as well and things that are phrasing it. yeah really? it's amazing actually <laughs> because you know something you think yes I've been wondering that for so long and I have never formulated that as a question and it it's <laughs> and then that mixed with then you know how you bring together the research on that topic and and I also really like too how tailored you can make it to individual people so it's not just here's the one best way you know it's this is what the research is, this is where the limitations of the research are, you know, and looking at what people's specific goals are and whether or not that's important for that person, which, you know, often people don't look at it that way. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, I think that's been uh, really incredible, really. And so as you kind of made the decision to sign up, what was, you know, you, you thought about the cost, you thought about the time and, and the situation, and what, what was your thought process in terms of ultimately, yes, this is the thing I want to do? I think, well, for, for me, I was, I was really excited to sign up at, the, at that time. You know, it was something new that was being built as well, and it felt like a really great opportunity to, to join. And yeah just it, it was it was a good timing too uh, with uh coming up to christmas i think it was and you think oh yeah we can work this in and this will be our christmas present to ourselves <laughs> to join up or, or for me i guess depending how you want to look at it but um yeah and so can you tell us about what kind of transformation you've appeared you've experienced in your family since you joined the group 
I, I feel like I can articulate a lot better what I'm trying to do. And I can keep track of where I want to be a lot better because I think we were coming from it from a fairly good place at that stage. But, you know, there's there's always niggling things that you think, oh, I'm, I'm just kind of ignoring this particular issue or, you know, or partly because you can't exactly identify where you sit on a particular issue. And I think that's been really great to kind of really take stock of what your values are, what your goals are and and what exactly you're doing and to see how far it may or may not be aligned to what you're trying to do. And so that, you know, if you need to have those conversations um, as a partnership too, that makes that so much easier when you can identify exactly what it is that might be troubling you. Mm, rather than having the same old fight over and over again about whatever seems to have triggered the issue, you can actually get to the root yeah, of it, Yeah, right? <laughs> because you can both understand each other, you know, because you're not yeah. just talking about what's on the surface. You're like, when, when you're coming from what goals you're trying to get at, it it makes it a lot more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So that's been really helpful. And, it, and even just like little heuristics, I suppose, uh, I would say, you know, like with, with limit setting, I don't feel like it was a particular issue per se but just the way that that month was laid out was really good that in the moment it makes it easy to say oh yeah I can tell that this is something that I am just ignoring and I'm not (laughs) putting my foot down right now and I need to be or this actually really isn't an issue you know that I I can be letting this slide and even though you know, on the surface of it, that's what I would have been doing before. It, it make, has made it a lot more clear in my head. And actually, mm-hmm. it, we can kind of focus on the fun a little bit more where, you know, you, you can, yeah. you think, no, I'm letting this go. I'm letting this go. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's really, and there have definitely been things in, in that time that just, I would have thought would be crazy before, you know, posted Oh, I'm thinking specifically of that picture you posted of your <laughs> yeah. daughter. Uh, lying, what was it, a pile of packing peanuts yeah, or something? Yeah, we built a wardrobe <laughs> and it was all the styrofoam bits that were just falling apart and thought, you know what, uh-huh. I'm not going to make an issue of this. And we broke it all into a million pieces and made a snowstorm in the house. And and it was actually really fun, a fun time. And my daughter spent a good hour and a half solidly hoovering it up and putting bits in bags and I've never seen her tidy up so passionately so so it definitely earned some goodwill and you know like we we still this you know I don't know that was a couple months ago I think and still talk about it all the time it's you know really nice memory and you think you know that is something I can directly point to a decision to de-escalate or you know to to not be setting a limit on and, you know, feel so much better for that. Yeah. It's really powerful to know that when you're setting limits, you're doing it based on your values and not just based on, uh, you know, whatever knee jerk reaction that you feel like having at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that you're saying that, that you're still telling stories about this two months later, I mean, that tells me this is going to be something that is going to be a family story for your family for a very long time. And, and when she is raising her own children, if she decides to have children, she's going to look back on that and think, this is the kind of parent I want to be. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Such a powerful moment uh, coming, coming out of, you know, learning about your values, a, a really powerful moment that in the minute, it probably seemed like a, a you knew you were going to have to clean up a massive mess yes. <laughs> but the, the payoff was going to be worth it and lo and behold it has been yes definitely so. 
That's great. What about solving problems in your family? Have you have you had any shift in how you approach issues that you know, perhaps with your children or your husband, whichever you feel like talking about, um, the ways in which you approach that? Yes, I think that that actually was one area that I really hope to improve on this course that I didn't mention before. But um, I think w- when I first heard about a problem-solving approach in a couple places, I think in like the how to talk so little kids can listen and um, probably other places as well. You know, I, I really liked that concept. And when it was when my daughter, do- when it was just my daughter and we was younger, I remember like that. That was intuitive, you know, in terms of finding. Okay, she only wants to wear dresses. What is it about these dresses? And oh, it has to swish nicely, and it has to have what she calls a dancey part. And we like, <laughs> I could work with her to figure out what all that actually meant. And I quite enjoyed that. But when when we moved to the kind of the next level of, you know, balancing people who are not trying to achieve the same goal as we were, but actually have conflicting goals, such as you do with two kids, um, that really is a different skill for me. And to be able to work collaboratively like that, you know, as an introvert, I kind of I like to take go on the problem and solve it entirely myself if I can, or or, or take the input and I'll <laughs> solve it for you. <laughs> you know, yes. and there comes a point where that's not helpful anymore. <laughs> and so, so mm-hmm. because I think there are things you can read and hear and tweak what you're doing, and that's great. But when you're talking about totally new skills, I think you kind of have to go a bit beyond just reading about it, and you have to actually practice it and and get a bit of support from that and that is something that the group has been really helpful for me um, to try to move forward in that and and it's quite exciting actually because recently I've seen my daughter kind of really taking to this more in, in terms of how I talk to my two children and then say like our, our neighbor who plays with them um, she's generating more solutions now when you know instead of just I want to do this and he wants to do this and it's a stalemate you know, that she's actually mm-hmm. proposing, oh, okay, well, you can sit there and you like this, so you can do this and we'll mix these like this. And you think, oh, wow, this is this is starting to fall into place now. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is getting a little bit easier. Yeah, it is because, <laughs> you know, like she's she's got big emotion. She's a wear her heart on her sleeve kind of girl. If she doesn't want to do something, she mm. you know about it. <laughs> so it's really nice to hear her starting to think about what it is that other people might be objecting to and how she can work that into a solution and proposing her own ideas because this is something that I'd been reading about that kids can do and thinking okay let's have some more of that please (laughs) and uh, (laughs) yeah I'm now feeling like we're starting to be able to get there with some of the practice and just how to facilitate that and and that really um, I'm happy about. Yeah. And so you say you're happy about it. I'm wondering how else you're feeling about this. Is this sort of something that has gradually come over time or is it something that you see uh, sort of a shift happen and then another shift happen? Or how, how do these feelings come? And, and can you tell us some more about that? I think there, there's always kind of a been a feeling of gradual progress, like every month, a, a new topic, you know, there, and there's been new insights and, you know, some months more than others. Um, just because, it, or I suppose some months might be more similar to what you're doing, but you can still find new things to tweak. And then other months, it, you know, it's, they'll be like, 
something quite profound and it like a or a big jump when you suddenly see like I've been saying about my daughters with the problem solving it that has felt like actually kind of a jump in the last little while mm. um and that really is exciting you know like when you've been working on something for a really long time when like when your child just suddenly advances in in an area that's always exciting I think yeah for sure. And so I'm wondering how that compares to what you think might have happened if you hadn't joined the group. I mean, not that the group is everything, <laughs> but that, you know, things were heading on a bit of a different path before you joined the group. Can you contrast maybe how things might have been different? I think things have have a much more hopeful and positive vibe. You know, like I, I think it it's easier to get back on course. Like it, it sometimes, it, like, I suppose you always have phases, like ages come and go don't they you know it gets a bit more difficult and then they get to an Mm -hmm. easier age and then difficult again you know it's always uh peaks and troughs I suppose but it's kind of it's easier to weather the the difficult moments now um yeah because yeah it's it's easier to to recenter yourself I think and I Mm. um yeah I, I I feel like we've made a lot more progress specifically um, specifically with some of that problem-solving stuff, I don't think I would have had the kind of continued focus on it. And, and I like to, like when when you've been addressing pro, uh, problems that come up in the group and you can you start to become familiar with process, you know, when, like when you're, you're always asking, what does your child say about that? Like, oh, yeah, did I ask her what she thinks about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's such an obvious thing you know no. it is and and yet we forget yeah, this right is it. So that, i think it's good to have that practice and stuff and the, when you can yeah repeat some of those tools and stuff to different problems you, you start to in yourself start to recognize oh yes okay you, you know is is this something i have decided is important to me yes i do okay and this and uh, have i truly asked her but have I totally explained to her what the issue is have you know and I can I can think about it more holistically I think and and even though, even though I always try to do that I I'm doing that better now definitely and and I'm thinking about more and I and I'm able to hold myself accountable a little bit more because I know you know whether or not I really have given that enough conversation um, with my child so it sounds more exciting, more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more collaborative with your partner. Yes. Yes, I think so. And and it's uh, there are really good um tools within in the month um about relationships uh, with your parenting partner and stuff and and just the communication um the, you know that that is a really helpful month. I did really appreciate that and um specifically, you know, as I I had said in the UK from coming at it for specifically the emotional regulation thing that we had very useful conversations about um as a result of both that using that month but also the content about emotional regulation and being able to talk about how you know that might have impacted each of us individually growing up in these two different cultures and you know Mm. what each of our reservations are about that because you know there there are both valid things to that you know I I think we both want our children to feel supported and loved and and also we both want our children to be good people who are respectful of other people's emotions too and what their impact is on other people so 
you know, I don't think those are mutually exclusive values. It's just we've come at it from different angles. And so to be able to have those con- those conversations more productively uh, really has been useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and figure out yes. path forward based on your shared values. Yes, instead yeah. of just reaching a stalemate. Yes. <laughs> are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? I, I don't know. I, do, I just think that... Um, I, I really feel grateful to have had this opportunity and you know if I could go back in time I would tell myself not to worry about even hesitating and just sign up because <laughs> I, 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 I truly think um, that there is great value to anybody who has children in this age range it's you know whether a person is you know really in in a difficult time I can think you know it, it didn't exist when my son was first born but that would have had great value in a very specific way in that time to kind of manage that time but now having gone past that there's just huge amount of additional um, value once I have the space and to think about some of the other issues more deeply and make sure that we're on track now that they're getting older and towards some of these um, other goals and yeah it's just amazing amazing membership group. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us, Catherine. I'm really grateful that you can share your advice and your wisdom and <laughs> your thoughts on, on how this is. Oh, helping. happy to. And thank you so much uh, for everything that you do. Oh, wow. Wasn't that an inspiring conversation? It was such an honor for me to learn really for the first time about the impact that the group has had on Catherine's family. I mean, I knew bits and pieces of the story through what she shared in the Facebook community, but I'd never really heard the totality of it. It makes me so grateful to be able to do this work where I can share this parenting journey with so many parents who are getting real and getting vulnerable about how we want to raise our children and who are learning new ways to take your ideas and dreams about what our families can be like, what kinds of children we want to raise and turn these into reality. So just as a reminder, if you'd like to join Catherine and all the other amazing parents in the Finding Your Parenting Mojo membership, you can learn more about it and even sign up at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash membership. The membership's only open until October 31st, 2019, because after that we start working through our first topic as a group, so time is tight on that front. And while you're there at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash membership, go ahead and sign up for the free webinar on the top five strategies to tame your triggers, which will be on October 30th, so just the day before, at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Your Parenting Mojo. Don't forget to subscribe to the show at yourparentingmojo.com to receive new episode notifications and the free guide to 13 reasons your child isn't listening to you and what to do about each one. And also join the Your Parenting Mojo Facebook group. For more respectful research-based ideas to help kids thrive and make parenting easier for you, I'll see you next time on Your Parenting Mojo.